1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz.
0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: It's Locked On Jazz for the 20th of September. We'll take a look at the shooting guards, Rodney Hood and Alec Burks, or did I forget one? Giannis Adetokounmpo signs an extension. What does it mean for Rudy Gobert and the Utah Jazz? And then we get to know the wonderfully friendly Rodney Hood. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. So great to be with you today. Locked on Jazz is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team Every day. Locked on Pack 10, 12 is up today. Uh, Ian Furness and I chatted late last night, so that is available for you uh, today. Uh, Also, Locked On NFL has some great stuff with Matt Williamson, Vidi Ayers trying to help me with my fantasy team, and the rest of the NBA channels are all doing shooting guards as well. Today's edition is brought to you by Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate. Devin Cash has been an original sponsor of this program, and quite frankly, the show is free, so we greatly appreciate it if you take the time to support the people that support the show. Uh, And Devin... Uh, We'll give you free jazz season tickets when you buy a cell or home with them. He just closed a new, he emailed me the other day to say he just closed a new Locked On Jazz listener on a new house. Call Devin, 801-759-1495, 801-759-1495. I'll tell you more about Devin coming up. Let's start off our show like we always do with pins across the world. That's our... That's always a, one of my, our favorite places to start. It's your story of how you became a jazz fan uh, and not only how you became a jazz fan, uh, but where you are uh, when you listen to the program. I've been going back through a bunch of the old ones, trying to find the old ones. Let's find a more recent one. Uh, this is Scott Peterson, who was just sent to me five days ago. I'm in Melbourne, Australia. Grew up in the 80s, loving basketball, but the NBA was rarely telecast here in the era area. Area. We knew about the magic and, or excuse me, we knew about magic and bird, of course, but without the internet or pay TV, the NBA was followed mostly via magazines. It wasn't until an ex-American by the name of Don Lane started to host an NBA Weekly show on free air TV once a week in the 90s that the NBA started to grow in Australia. For 90 minutes a week, Don would host NBA Weekly, which contained the game of the week plus highlights of the other games and the weekly top ten plays. I'll have to ask... uh, Actually, that's in the 80s. Joe and Dante weren't alive, probably. Now, Joe's like 40. He, he was alive. It was also in 1990 that Michael Jordan phenomenon hit down under, and all the kids were Jordan fans. I was a huge fan of Bird and Magic, but not of the Celtics nor the Lakers, so I decided I needed a team to follow. But it couldn't be the Bulls, as I, as all, I have always rooted for the underdog. It was in that season that I first saw the Utah Jazz. It was the Chicago versus Utah game in Salt Lake. Of course, I was... Uh, He's using an Australian word I don't know for the underdog. Well, I first uh, when I first saw Stockton Malone and Big Mark Eaton, then I watched them. And the more I knew, this was going to be my team, especially since they beat Jordan and the Bulls. I wonder if that was like the great triple overtime game Stockton layup. I was a huge Mailman fan from the first game I ever uh, saw him. I think he had twenty or th- he had thirty uh, twenty game. Now my. Uh, son, who is 10 years old, is a Jazz fan and can't wait to sit down and watch the Jazz together. He loves Dante for obvious reasons and one day hopes to meet him and get his autograph. That's a cool story. Uh, I'd like to thank you for the podcast. The Jazz are uh, not popular and it's hard to find information And then sometimes here in Australia as the likes of ESPN and only report on five or six teams. Really? We're, we're not aware of something of that nature. Hey, that's a cool story. Thank you to Scott Peterson in Melbourne, Australia. By the way, uh, for those of you that are international, I'm going to the NBA broadcast meetings today. For those of you that are international, uh, I'm going to try to find out why you can't stream the radio calls while I'm there. And I may come back with a job for you to flood some people with emails. You might as well get the Army going. All right, let's do our tip-off story of the day. Our, uh, we are, as a network-wide, looking at positions and – uh, today we're looking at shooting guards. So we start with Rodney Hood. Last year Rodney jumped from 9 points a game to 15 points a game with 3 rebounds and 3 assists. And you'll hear more from Rodney coming up on the show as he'll do uh, kind of a sit-down get-to-know. The key thing for Rodney this year is he has got to find a way to not have so many ebbs and flows in his game. Players who you can pen in what they're going to do are so much more valuable to a franchise than the player who one day gets you 20 and the other day gets you 7. And we've talked about this a lot on the program. He had 21 games of 9 or fewer and 15 games of 20 or more. So when you think of his offensive bell curve, it really has a wide range that is it's kind of almost out of control, and he's got to find a way to narrow that consistency down. Now, here are the ways he'll do it. One is he only had 14 games last year where he shot more than four free throws. So, And he only had uh, 29 games or 28 games where he shot four free throws. right? So he played 79 games last year. And in only 14 of those did he shoot more than five free throws. And in only 28 of those did he shoot four or more free throws. The first thing that Rod would do is take those 30 uh, and only 32 games where he shot three or more. So you suddenly, I say, he played 79 games. And you suddenly have 46 of them in which he takes only two free throws. That's the first thing that has got to change in his game. Is he, if he can suddenly start getting to the line, as an 83% free throw shooter, to go to the line that rarely is somewhat tragic. Uh, 2.5 free throws per 32 minutes on the floor last year, as an 86% free throw shooter. So that's the first one that I really think he has to uh, alter. How, how does he do this? Well, the first thing is experience. Just simply having played the game uh, for as much as he has for another year, having been a uh, starter for a full season, will make him a, a better player. The, the second one is strength. The Jazz really challenged him in the off season and, and made him work to become a, a stronger, better-balanced offensive player. And uh, they hope that that strength sorry about that, uh, that strength that he's added will allow him to be uh, more physical, uh, more consistent night in and night out. If, if you're not strong, if, if, this was an interesting comment Dennis Lindsay has made uh, time and time before with Spence and Gordon, and it's very important. If you are not at the base level strength, average base level strength of, of your position, size, uh, size and strength of your position in the NBA. It's very, very hard for your skills to consistently come out. And so that's, the fir- that's really where Rodney is. He's gotten stronger. He's physically more prepared for a season. And now he's got to find a way to more consistently have his skills come out so that he can be a more balanced player, both on balance and performance-wise. He has worked incredibly hard on his ball-handling skills, and uh, I think you will see a little bit of a difference in those ball-handling skills from him. Uh, From the work he did with Johnny Bryant, watching him pick up an open gym, there's been a little bit of a difference to how he he handles himself um, and, and what he does. Uh, Alec Burks, so that's that's really where we are with Rodney. Alec Burks is obviously the backup shooting guard at this point. And the first thing is he's just got to stay healthy. He's played 58 games. And then the question is his shooting has gotten so much better every year. From the last three years he went from 35 to 38 to 41% from three. Can he continue that and have that be a season-long issue? The other thing is, can he play the game in a in a somewhat more controlled fashion uh that one prevents him from getting injured two has him understanding how to use his athleticism better. Part of his injuries is he takes off with no idea where he's going to go and how he's going to go. He said this himself. I always ask him, like, do you know? And he doesn't. He's improvising. But sometimes that improvising, that reckless abandonment, is then going against what would naturally work. And so he gets himself in an an awful lot of trouble uh, along the way. What's going to be interesting on Alec is is twofold is – one Alex, and they, this could go either way. Alec has never played with really great players because when he's gotten his time was on a team that, that wasn't particularly good. So one of two things happens here. The, the, the positive outlook is Alec gets in an open floor with Trey Lyles at the four. They really have played almost none together, and he has open dri- with good players, and he has open driving lanes, and is so much. Uh, more efficient than he than he 's ever been before as he 's able to get to the line, get to the basket and and do things uh that you know he hasn 't had an opportunity to do so that 's the positive The concern would be that he has never been terrific at uh making his teammates better uh when he 's on the floor and so if he 's now playing with better players and he doesn 't make teammates better. Uh, it becomes even more detrimental when he was the best player on the floor and played in that manner. That's okay, but he has not um, he has not done that, uh, and, and so that'll be that's a challenge for him. Uh, a few other things for Alec is one he has never been a very. Let me actually back up that last comment. It's kind of I guess, so last year when he was off the floor, the offensive rating was three and a half points better. Uh, than when he was on the floor. So that's where you're saying he's he's not helping his teammates. The year prior, the offense was better uh, when he was on the floor. So just in fairness that it goes kind of both ways. Um, and the year prior to that, it was not uh, in 13-14 when he played um, a great deal. Defensively, he's pretty good on the ball because he's such an incredible athlete. He's not great off the ball. And that would be the other one. Ron Boone talks about it a lot on the broadcast. He has a tendency to stand up. And then when he does stand up, now it's a question of he has to make two motions to his uh, offensive players one. And those are just things he has to used to. And then he also has to learn how to play Quinn's system because he still has played so very little of it over the two years. Uh, it's a very interesting uh, run. So Rodney Hood and Alec Burks. Now now let me give a thought um, that I, I'll just throw out there. I may have and probably should have, talked about Gordon Hayward. I don't know that it's guaranteed that Rodney Hood starts. Uh, I think Joe Johnson still has an awful lot of game in him. Uh, If open gym is is any indicator, there's just an element to who he is and how he plays. Uh, Joe Johnson has started every single basketball game he has played since the 2003-2004 season. He has started 1,073 games in his career. He was in Miami on a pretty good team for the final 24 games last year and started. There's a, there's a chance that Gordon Heward is your starting shooting guard uh, this year and that Rodney Hood becomes the first guy off the bench and that Alec becomes the second guy off the bench. So keep an eye on that. That's also one possibility. Uh, that I would throw out there. That is your tip-off story of the day. If you're looking to buy or sell a home, Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate your guy. He's a big Lockdown Jazz listener, so you have that in common. Uh, Devin talks about real estate as approaching it from the heart of a teacher. I want my clients to always be comfortable. There's a lot of stress that takes place, he says. And so if I can calmly take them through the the process, not rush things unless, you know, obviously there's times in that where you've got to make a quick decision if there's really a popular house or something. But for the most part, not have them dealing with secretaries' reception and coordination. one on one interaction, calmly taking them through it. Uh, Charity and Ryan said, we're so happy that Devin Cash was our realtor, both in purchasing our new home and selling our old home. Devin's knowledge and experience helped reduce the worry in a sometimes stressful situation, and his tireless hard work and kindness in every interaction made us feel supported every step of the way. If you're selling a home, give Devin a call now at 801- 759-1495. 801-759-1495. Have him do a market analysis for you to help determine your home's value, and then 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 on the next step, uh, then he can help you in the process of where to buy your next home as well. It's Devin Cash, Equity Real Estate, a true Locked On Jazz loyalist from the very beginning. We really appreciate Devin and his long-running support of the program. Give Devin a call, 801-759-1495. That's 801-759-1495. And I think I mentioned it, but he will give you a pair of Jazz season tickets when you buy or sell your home. Certain restrictions apply, so do call or text Devin. 801-759-1495. Uh, the news of the day is that yesterday, Giannis Antetokounmpo signed a extension. This one's got uh, impact on the Jazz. He signed a four-year, $100 million extension, $25 million, uh a year. And uh, what it does... Uh, Locks him up. The advantage to Milwaukee is the fact he took a little less than the max to get it done now, and that's what it takes. If, if, and this is really what it gets down to, Rudy. If Rudy is willing to uh, take a little less than the max uh, for this upcoming year, then uh, not for the, for the extension. Then the Jazz will consider. Doing an extension, there has to be a win for the Jazz. The win for the Bucks was they got him done without any uh, outs on his deal, like what Gordon had in his, and they got uh, and they got him done at less than the max. The that is the uh, that that's what you have to have because the negative for the franchise is the amount of cap space that you're losing if you sign one of these guys to an extension, is in the range of $20 million of flexibility for the upcoming season. And so you real, there has to be a give on the player's end of why or not, why they would possibly, uh, the team would possibly set this deal. Kawhi Leonard and Bradley Beal wanted the max, So then they waited and they got it in uh, restricted free agency. And that might be where Rudy goes because I'm sure he wants the max, or he decides, you know what, I'll take $6 million less per year, which is about what Adedokumbo did, and then I get my deal done and the Jazz decide, you know what, that savings is important to us. It might mean keeping another player as we get log jammed, and if we can do that, then we would be interested in signing him to the extension. So uh, that's it. A few other notes. Rudy Gay is, wants out of Sacramento. Um, J.R. Smith is missing Cleveland's mini camp, not their training camp, just their mini camp, because he's not signed. And uh, to notice, Monty Yunus in Houston is not signed uh, as well. The Locked On uh, Podcast Network, uh, particularly Locked On Fantasy Basketball, has been doing NBA previews for the last while, and really just terrific work. Uh, by Josh Lloyd and all of our hosts on that. If you want a preview of any team along the way, uh, you should go get that and get it on the Locked On Podcast Network. Time now for Rodney Hood as we sit down with Rod. This is our production interviews we do at the beginning of the season. These are the snippets you hear at the free throw line throughout the year. We do those now. And there's also when we do our starting lineups and a bunch of our other things that the players, the organization sets us up beautifully so that the players can really uh, prepare for um, the season without being bothered for these kind of things. It allows them they respect what we're doing enough. So it's, it's... Kind of a good example of what a great organization this is to work for. So that, here comes the Rodney Hood get-to-know interview. By the way, arena unveiling coming uh, also should be incredible to see uh, all of that. So here is Rod Hood. took me back to your hometown. Where would you take me and what would you show me?
2: If you went back to my hometown, I would take you to Nick and Al's, which is my favorite Italian spot. And I will also take you to the Boys and Girls Club where I grew up. And it's a lot of great people around there.
0: Uh, it's a great day when you were a kid. You knew it was a great day when.
2: I knew it was a great day when I got uh, good grades on my report card. That's that's how I knew it was great. Oh, you mean like? Yeah. Oh, well, that, could, that could count. Like, okay, all cool. Right, cause I'm gonna stick with that one then. Yeah, no,
0: that's great. Um, tells us a lot actually. Like, what was your childhood? What did your childhood room look like?
2: My childhood room, I had a bunch of NASCAR uh, cars around the ceiling. And uh, I slept in a twin bed up until I was like a senior in high school. So I guess, yeah, that's, that's what it looked like.
0: That's great. Who was the first person that saw your talent and th- said to you that they thought you might be able to make the NBA?
2: Uh, I would probably say my my father. He always had uh, a lot of trust in me. Um, he always thought I was great. Um, when I was a little kid, he used to make me pass the ball to other kids and, and things like that because he knew I was better. So he always pushed me. I say my father.
0: Who was your favorite player growing up, and what was your favorite team?
2: My favorite player growing up was Kobe Bryant, and uh, I I probably said my favorite team was probably the Lakers when I was growing up. am the Penny? It was Penny. I don't know it changes a little bit, but Penny Penny was also one of my favorite players. It was, that was like neck and neck.
0: What was the first court or first hoop you ever played on?
2: Uh. Probably was a fisher price goal. My I used to, uh my well my granddad actually built one. Um my brother my big brother tore it down. But I say my first goal was my granddad building one outside of my, our house.
0: Favorite game you've ever played in your career?
2: Favorite game I ever played in my career. Uh, I probably say a state championship game with my high school career. I think. Well, that's a tough. One. Uh, I played. In my NBA career, I probably say uh, this year against Dallas when we played in Dallas, uh, when me and Gore hit two game winners, it felt like we couldn't, you know, win in Dallas and no team, and then we wound up being Dallas. So it was a great, great
0: game. Um, single best shot you've ever made in your career at any level?
2: Uh, I probably say I hit a game winner in high school. I think my senior year. And uh, it was to take us to the you know, the quarterfinals to get us to the big house. So I think that was the biggest shot.
0: When did you know you belonged in the NBA?
2: I knew I belonged when I got back from injury and um, late in the season. We played against Charlotte. Uh, and I wound up having like 24 points. And I really had a lot of confidence after that game.
0: What's the toughest thing you've ever had to overcome and how'd you do it?
2: The toughest thing I ever had to overcome was my anxiety. Um, I think that was a, a big thing for me coming out of college, and um, now that I'm through it, you know, I, I feel great about it.
0: Uh, <coughs> why do you wear number five?
2: I wear number five because it's five people in my immediate family, my mom, dad, sister, and brother, and I'm the fifth, so I wear number five because of that. You, you changed to seven now. Changed to seven, you know, <laughs> with uh, Shay and, and my child. So. All
0: right, let's go on the road with the Rodney Hood. What's your favorite city to visit?
2: Favorite city to visit is I would probably say New Orleans, uh, just because I grew up like two hours from there. They got great food, uh, great people down there, so I, I say New Orleans.
0: And your favorite place to eat on the road?
2: Definitely got to go Memphis. That Memphis barbecue. I'm just a Southern guy, but uh, Memphis barbecue.
0: And what's your spot? Uh, I forgot. Are you rendezvous Central. Yeah, right. Re-
2: yeah, Rendezvous. I think that's the, the, the best spot down there.
0: One thing you could not travel without.
2: Uh, I cannot travel without my phone. I think that's the biggest thing.
0: What is your game day routine?
2: Game day routine, I wake up early um, before shooting around, get in about an hour before shooting around, get a lot of shots up with Johnny, and then have shooting around. Then after, get some more shots up, um, go home, eat some, some lunch, uh, play with my son a little bit, take a nap, and then ready to go to the game.
0: What is the best heckle? And you went to Duke, so you have to have a good one here. What's the best heckle you've ever heard?
2: Best heckle? uh, I wouldn't say that I heard that I saw was uh, in Houston this year. It was a guy popped out of a trash can and lifted his shirt up and stuff like that. They made a big deal out of that, you know, um, on the internet. So it was fun.
0: What? Let's do the fives with Rodney Hood. Most used apps on your phone?
2: Uh, Candy Crush definitely. Be Candy Crush. What else? Uh I play Solitaire a lot. Um uh, this Instagram cop. Yeah. Instagram, uh Uber now. And uh uh that's a tough I can't think of the fifth one.
0: What are the movies that Rodney Hood says we have to see?
2: Uh Above the Rim. Um I say uh He Got Game with Ray Allen, uh The Notebook uh harry potter like harry potter and uh paid in full
0: all right let's play word association i say a word you say the first thing that comes to your mind utah jazz great quinn snyder
2: uh demanding
0: strawberries fruit jay-z the greatest ice cream cold drake singer cleveland LeBron. Three-pointer. Ray Allen. Rodney Hood. Great. <laughs> Miami. Uh, hot. I think we're done. Uh, so if you let, Oh, wait, I have a very important question for you. All right. What is your favorite food?
2: Favorite food would uh, probably be cabbage, sweet cabbage.
1: We were just checking to see if it's still true.
2: Yeah. <laughs>